0: QC Pod is a production of the Queen's Podcast Lab. This is QC Pod. I'm Jason Tugaw. QC Pod features the people, projects, movements, and ideas that make up the Queen's College community. To learn more, visit us at queenspodcastlab.org slash QC Pod. I am your host for this episode, editor-in-chief of the Night News, Johnny Sullivan. Call me a rat, a fink, a stool pigeon. Whatever. Your words are not my concern. Their words, however, are very much my concern. I intend to implicate Dylan's accomplices in a crime he alone was thought to have committed. I refer, of course, to Dylan's choice to electrify folk music, specifically at the Newport Folk Festival of 1965. Now, he had made reticent attempts to do so in the past, but this time was different. It was live. It proved his previous ventures were not isolated experiments. It gave legitimacy to rock fans who were jeered by the elitist folkies of the time. It was, in retrospect, a watershed moment, one which would irreversibly change the course of popular music. It was also in all honesty, pretty mediocre. Take a listen. Okay, okay, let me stop you right there, because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Johnny, you thought that was mediocre? What are you smoking, man? I I mean, that was rad. And I get it, okay? I do. But let's listen to Bob Dylan asking that same question on his 1966 tour of England, undertaken less than a year later. somebody skin a cat? Sure, his voice may not be for everybody, but there's no denying that the second version is just dripping with raw power. There's a pretty good reason for it, too. Dylan's electric sets had been met with hostility ever since that fateful day at Newport. And by the time of his England tour, he'd had just about all he could take. The screams of exasperation in the chorus of what is perhaps his most famous song are as much a part of him as they are a part of the performance. Here's the thing, though. It wasn't just Dylan blazing a trail of electricity through folk music. Many of his contemporaries were doing it, and often just as brazenly. One of the prime suspects here was erstwhile Dylan collaborator Tom Wilson. Wilson had produced four of Dylan's albums, Most recently, what could be considered his first real electric album, Bringing It All Back Home. Full disclosure, my personal favorite. Apparently, he'd extrapolated the ideas for that album onto the entire genre and gotten it into his head that the future of folk was electric. This led him to what would generously be called questionable production decisions. The most egregious of these was his tampering with Simon & Garfunkel's 1965 track, Sound of Silence, As it was originally conceived, the song was a haunting ballad featuring only an acoustic guitar and the inimitable harmonies of the duo. Hello darkness, my old friend, I've come to talk with you again, because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains Within the sound of silence Beautiful, isn't it? Now let's hear the same song After it was given the Tom Wilson treatment In restless dreams I walked alone Now streets are calm P to the U! What a hatchet job. The overdubs are clumsy, the voices are drowned out, and look, maybe that's your cup of tea. It's not mine. If there was anything for which folk fans ought to have taken up arms, It was that remix. Not only does it sound as awkward as it does, the change was also made without the permission of Simon or Garfunkel. Tom Wilson is to thank, or really to blame, for the remix. He saw the commercial potential of the track and decided to give it a quote-unquote pop facelift. Unfortunately for him, it turned out to be a facelift of the Jocelyn Wildenstein variety. Oh! There is, of course, good electric folk besides Bob Dylan, provided you know where to look. Leo Kotke, a fellow son of Minnesota, had decided to electrify his music in 1971 after a string of mildly successful acoustic albums in the 1960s. The result was Mudlark, an album which, in contrast to Dylan's electric albums, was well-received. Jim Esch, writing for All Music says, "His solo instrumental sound is augmented with the addition of studio sidemen. His playing is superb and full of youthful vigor." End quote. Sound like another artist, you know? Not to take anything away from Kotkey, of course. I love the album, especially side 2's lullaby. <laughs> So Dylan's experiments were met with unbridled hostility, while the reaction to Kotke's work was, at worst, one of indifference. I suspect that there are several reasons for this. First and foremost, Dylan had been an established icon of the folk movement prior to his about-face, with numerous topical songs and critically acclaimed albums under his belt. Kotke, on the other hand, had three cult-following-type albums, and was playing bars before Mudlark. So the prime suspect here is the disparate levels of fame the two men had achieved. You could also, if you want, chalk it up to changing attitudes about what quote-unquote authentic folk music could sound like. In other words, Dylan bore the brunt of the initial outrage so Kotkey wouldn't have to, it was almost old hat by 1971 to make electric folk music. The Birds were doing it. Simon and Garfunkel were doing it. Even Bob's old flame Joan Baez was doing it. If this is indicative of anything, it's that even if the critics didn't get Bob Dylan, his peers did, at least to the fullest extent to which one can get Dylan, anyway. He was a trendsetter of the highest degree, Entire swathes of the music landscape were and are formed in his wake. Today, acts like Bon Iver, Weather Report, Sufjan Stevens, and Tame Impala have taken up the mantle of electric folk which was introduced all those years ago. Meanwhile, every one of the four musicians I sample in this podcast is still alive and well, and every day that they are is a good day for music. You've been listening to QC Pod, Queens College's very own podcast. The link to hear more of our stuff should you have missed it at the beginning is queenspodcastlab.org. And you've been listening to Johnny Sullivan, gratefully yours, signing off.